Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Advanced Pro Basketball Show, the APB Show. Uh, and we got a couple new faces, a great guests, two of them today. Uh, we're going to learn all about what they do. But first, let me get to my co-host. It's Khan, by the way. She shouts out. It's the fourth episode now if you've been listening uh, along for the past few weeks. Welcome again if you're new. Uh, welcome to you too. Uh, Ian, what's up, my man? How's it going? Doing well. Doing well. For sure. And the first time on the show, uh, Zach Smith. How's it going, Zach? Good. How you doing? How you doing? I'm good. For for those who don't know, uh, like, who are you? What do you do? Because we get interest from everyone, and I want to get that from you, too. So I'm Zach. Uh, I work with APB as well, doing scouting reports for them. I am a senior at UCF looking to work in scouting and analytics. And our guests of honor today, uh, Shira Ackerman and Mathis I don't know your last name. Sorry, Crowder. Man. Bra Crowder? Crowder. Welcome Crowder. to the show. Welcome to the show. I'm very curious what you guys do. I looked up your uh, LinkedIn and, and all that, and I just want to get into it. Um, Creative Young Minds and the Basketball League. I'm just going to open it up to you guys to introduce yourselves and let us know what you guys uh, are up to and, and building. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having us on. We're, we're very excited to be here. Um, I'm uh, Dr. Ackerman, and this is Mathis Crowder. Um, we started Creating Young Minds, which is a, a nonprofit organization here in Texas. And the objective of that is to give um, young men opportunities they wouldn't have had otherwise. So we help guys with their academics, high school players, and um, young men in their postgraduate year to work on their basketball skills, but more importantly, to earn college scholarships uh, to get their education paid for or partially paid for. And that's what we've done for the last seven or eight years um, and had a lot of success with it. We had um, 80 plus guys get college scholarships to go and play basketball. Um, most of our guys are guys that were under the radar that um, nobody knew about because they, they didn't play in high school or they were on JV as a, a junior or senior, um, just guys that didn't get opportunities. And once they got to college, because they didn't have any stars or any rankings, um, and they weren't the part of the recruiting class that the boosters paid for, so the politics of college sports impacted them a lot. And our guys had great academics, uh, but they didn't play. Um, they were, you know, first in the gym, last in the gym, they were always in class, there were no maintenance, no problems, um, we have, you know, 3.0s and up for college graduates, a lot of magna cum laude, summa cum laude graduates, three-year graduates with three sevens, but the basketball is the part that didn't work. Um, and not because they weren't talented, but just the way the political system is set up for college sports. So the last couple of years, we were looking for an alternative to help our guys really get the opportunities that they deserved. Um, and bypass college if we could for those that didn't need to go to college. And because you, you can get your degree online now, it's a lot faster, it's a lot cheaper, and now you have control. So you, you don't have a, a, a sports um, scholarship that dictates the classes you take um, and the degree that you get so that you actually have an opportunity to get a degree in something you're interested in and something you can actually use when you graduate. Um, and we started looking for some of our guys to go the, the professional route. And we had a few guys over the last couple of years before we joined the basketball league um, that had opportunities. Um, and I'll let, you know, my husband Mathis explain kind of what happened there. But we ended up meeting with the basketball league 
uh, last summer um, and the objective or last spring was to get our guys in the basketball league. We thought, okay, this is a professional league here in the United States. Um, we thought that what David Magley and Evelyn Magley were doing fit exactly with our mission for what we're trying to do. Um, and they wanted all of our guys. And so we thought this was going to be a great opportunity. Um, and then they, they decided that we should have our own team. And we agreed, just not right now. We, we thought that's a great idea. We can definitely work towards that in the future. And um, their take was, well, you should do it now because you can replicate the European model for what um, is done all around the world for basketball training um, and developing athletes to be professional athletes. And you don't need to wait because you have an academy, you have the younger guys, and then you can bring the professional team in and now you can do both. And we can get their education um, accomplished because we've partnered with Grand Canyon University so our guys can get their degrees online. So we have all the pieces to change the way things are done here in the US because that, that's not how it's done. It's high school, college, pro, if you're one of the, one of the chosen ones that gets to go that route. Um, and if you're not, well, you know, you, you play semi-pro or um, you hope you can have an opportunity overseas or whatever it is, but it, it's not done in any other um, order here in the U.S. And it's far more successful around the world. Well, for a prime example, um, there's a young man we talked to last night. Um, he played in the TBLE last year. He probably was the top five, top, top five player in the league. Uh, he's like 6'3", super athletic, played at New Mexico State. He's 28 years old. And uh, Zach knows um, there was a player named Chuck Guy that Zach was like, oh, this, this guy is really good. This guy, this guy is five times better than him, has a 45-inch vertical lead, but he went to a mid-major, New Mexico State. He had good numbers, but he didn't get on the platform. Uh, I watched this guy destroy NBA players over and over and over again through all the years, but he never got the platform because coming out of high school, he was a two-star. And so he didn't get the opportunity, but I watched this guy in high school completely destroy, destroy five-star recruits. I watched him destroy high major guys. I watched this guy destroy uh, NBA guys, but this guy plays with a chip on his shoulder, and so his attitude is kind of bad. It's, it's, it's just really bad. So the thing is with the, with the politics, it starts at a young age. Um, I think things are going to change because we have somebody like Zach. He's young. Um, now this generation is kind of young. They open to things. They don't close their mind. My generation, I'm going to be honest, we kind of close our mind to things and we say, this is how we're going to look at this recruiter. This is how we're going to look at this player. We're not, we're not going to change how we see this. With Zach and you guys, you guys look at somebody totally different. You look at analytics plays a big role into everything. Um, behavior, um, on and off the court, all those different things. Where my generation kind of look at it differently and they – a lot of times we're set in our way and say we're not going to change. And so I think, I think things are going to change. Like, like prime example, um, Michael Porter Jr. was a five-star recruit. He was. Um, he hurt his back. And then, you know, in 2018, he, he, 
defensively, he's not great. Let's just be honest. Me and Zach talked about talked about that. So he was 2018. He was supposed to get, get drafted. Uh, the Clippers didn't draft him, and so the owner wanted Michael Porter Jr. drafted. They said he wasn't good enough. He undrafted. He wasn't good enough. So guess what happened? The owner is sitting there watching Michael Porter Jr. against the Clippers do whatever he wants. So you got to look at basically a lot of times the analytics guy were saying, uh, we probably need to get this 6'10", 6'11 guy. Now we can figure out with the defense. Because what I learned in life, a lot of times we put a ceiling on people. To me, I don't believe in a ceiling. I just don't. I mean, talk, I talk with Zach all the time. I don't believe in selling the ceiling. I watch behaviors. I watch how much better you can get. Prime example, you know, I scrimmage with the boys, all the players that come in. NBA players come in, I scrimmage with them, come to our program, they get the same business. I give them the same business I give anybody else. I will score, I will do whatever I want. But the thing is, in my mind, I don't have a ceiling. I don't have a ceiling. I don't, I'm 46 years old and I don't have a ceiling. The thing when I, being around Zach, this is the difference. You got to be willing to learn. When Zach first came, uh, Zach, Zach talks about players and this and that. And I just sit and listen to Zach. And I have my opinion. He have his opinion. Cher has her opinion. And we'll, you know, first time Zach came, we all got into a debate about a player and about this. And everything Zach said, I kept it in my brain. And everything now, usually I don't use analytics, she does, but I watch behaviors and she watched behaviors too. And she used analytics. So after the first time Zach came in and then he, he left, I learned a lot from Zach. I didn't, I wasn't closed minded. I, I wasn't going to say, oh, he's younger than me. He doesn't know what he's talking about. We both learned from him. And that's the problem. The gap is so wide. In, in, in the sports world today, you got people our age in their 40s and 50s are looking at you guys because you guys are so young and, and you guys are more thinking outside the box. They say, well, they don't know what they're talking about. Here they go with them analytics. You know, a lot of people my age are offended to the analytics. They really are. They, they, I mean, we can't even talk about it to nobody, you know, our age because they'd be like, oh, why are we going to talk about that? You know, but... What I'm saying is, this is what our program is about. It's about uh, looking at somebody and giving them opportunity, looking at their character, looking at their behaviors. Um, Zach, Zach has bought, since Zach's been around us the last couple of months, now we add in analytics on what we do with the player now. At first, we just focus on behavior. Now we focus on the smallest things, now we're looking at analytics. So now it's against the player even more. We don't recruit. We never recruited in our life. I don't even know what recruiting is. I never begged the player to come play for my program. Every, every young man that came to our program, it was a phone call or somebody knowed somebody. You know, because if I have to beg you to play, I don't want you. I don't care how good you are. Because my belief is, is development. You know, anybody can get developed if they heart, mind, body, and soul is 100% in. So that's mainly what our program is about. Um, we're very open to things. We're not closed-minded. If you guys have an opinion, we're going to listen. 
and we're going to use it. You know, Zach has been very good for us. He'll give us an opinion and ask us something um, and say, I think you guys should do this. We'll talk about it, and then we'll go, oh, okay, we'll try that. You know, so that's that's how this program is. We, we're more about building entrepreneurs, business owners, because when basketball is over, what are you going to do? Exactly. 75% of NBA players are broke. Mm-hmm. Are broke. 70 plus percent are broke after they're done with basketball. So they, they have no basis. They have nothing, no foundation to come on. So that's what we're teaching. You're, you're talking my language, Matt. It's honestly the behavioral stuff, the, the you know, mindset stuff. I think unless you have that, uh, the analytics are, aren't going to tell you the right information. Um, so, so fully on board with you there. I do want to go like straight to Zach though, because we got complete, the whole time my man Mathis was just talking a bunch of positives about my man Zach over here. So I need to get your perspective. Like what has your involvement been? Um, what, you know, I just want your perspective on this because you're awesome apparently, right? (laughs) So basically, uh, Mathis hit me up on LinkedIn, and so I've just been working with them consistently for the uh, for the past couple months. I've been out to Louisville, Texas, where their team is located uh, twice already, once for the Summer League and second time for their Fall League. Both times have been great experiences. They have a lot of really good just young prospects out there, and the thing I noticed the most from the first to second time is how much improvement some of these guys made. Like, they have this one player, uh, I'm going to start Biggie, seven-footer, seven-foot-eight wingspan. He just got over with their program a little bit less than a year ago. He got exponentially better within two months. Like, he shows real G League potential. And I think that's just because of what they're doing over there, just pushing their guys every single day. Um they can speak on it more, but I know they do a ton of off-the-court work with them, too, just helping their community, helping the guys with business specifically, like Marcus Brooks, one of their players. Uh, he just finished his college education. He's also building his own video uh, video production company with while playing for the team as well. So there's just a ton of opportunities within their program, even off-the-court. So how do people find out about the program if they're, you know – you you said you don't you would not you would not want anyone on your team that doesn't want to be there right uh, you're you're not going to do recruiting well how do those people come to you and and find you and want to be on on the on the team and in the program well what happens is we get we get a lot of phone calls we get a lot of emails we get a lot of stuff on social media and what we do um, and even before having the pro team. What we would do is, you know, we'd talk on the phone. Um, if it was a high school kid or, or a young man who's already graduated high school, we'd talk to the young man, we'd talk to their family, um, and then we'd invite them to practice and workouts. And if they were from out of town, we would say, okay, can you come for the weekend? You know, we house our guys that don't live here. And let's see if you can make it through a few practices and workouts because the way we structure things, it's very intense. I mean, we've been doing pro level workouts since we started so back in 2011 so guys don't normally make it through our practices and workouts and then they just don't make it in the program and so that's usually the first way to go about things and the guys who have been here for a long time they they joke about it they'll look at someone and say oh he's not going to make it 
or I don't know, he has a chance, you know, he, he might be here for a little while. Um, and they're almost always accurate. They know who's not going to make it. They know who has a chance of really staying in the program because the guys who are in it understand what it takes to be part of this program and that we're much more about you as a person than we are about basketball. Um, we're trying to help you, but we are very structured. Um, we're very tough, you know, uh, we have very high expectations for everybody and not everybody is able to handle that. Um, and, you know, our practices and workouts, you know, we, we've debated this for years. They, prior to this year, our workouts would anywhere from five to eight hours. No, it wasn't. Uh, See, no, wasn't. if you ask any of our guys, they'll say yes, <laughs> because they're, what we were doing prior to, you know, um, all the shutdowns and everything, we were doing all of our practices at LA Fitness. Um, and the reason we did that is we had the basketball court and we had all the, the weightlifting. And the sauna. And the sauna. So and what? The pool. And the pool. So the beginning of practice would start, everyone would, they would lift, they'd go in the sauna, they'd get ready and stretched and warm. And then they'd practice for a lot of hours. And then they'd go and lift and do the sauna work and not just stretching in the sauna, they'd lift in the sauna. And those were our workouts. And there was three or four times a week for the guys, for the whole program. And then the guys that we house would be in there at least one or two times more during the week. So our practice, our program is very intense. Well, let me say this, let me say this. <laughs> it was not eight hours, five to eight hours. It was at least, it was like three to five. And so, <laughs> basically they can't say much because I do it with them so if I'm out there scrimmaging for three hours if I'm lifting weights before and after at 46 there's nothing nobody could say so I don't want to hear that <laughs> but I, I, go ahead <laughs> I was just going to zoom out a little bit I, just to take it generally speaking um a little curious about you know you mentioned like European models and like what you took from uh, that they, their academy system. I know that's like pretty popular in soccer. Obviously, mm -hmm. you know, basketball is getting bigger. I was curious if there was like a specific academy that you looked at that you did a lot of research on that you were like, oh, I want to emulate, or you want to sort of just do your own type of, you know, thing structurally. I guess you could say. There wasn't anything in particular. Um, what we we knew that what's going on around the world as far as taking young athletes and putting them through a club system and training them with older athletes to help them develop their professional skills is very successful. The part that's usually missing is the academic piece, right? So overseas, you typically have to pick early on academics or sports. Um, and we, we don't do that. You know, the academics is a key part to what we do. So, you can do both and still get the opportunity to develop and train as a professional athlete when you're young. I mean, we've got, you know, 16, 17, 18 year olds in high school that train and work out with all the guys in the program, whether it's our guys that played on the pro team last season or guys who want to play on it this season. Um, everyone does the exact same thing. You know, they're all there together. And what we did for the TBL season last year because it was our first year, you know, we had our, our prep team, the academy um, started in, uh, usually prior to this year, it starts in September and October and goes all the way through, usually the entire year, because we're year round. 
But with the TBL season, we stopped at the end of January. You know, there was training camp for the TBL, and then the season started in February. So our academy team played uh, plays against junior colleges. So we'd have 30, 40 games against junior colleges um, for that season to get guys ready. You want to play Division One basketball, junior colleges. That's where all the Division One basketball players are. Um, and so if, if you can play at that level and be successful, then you're going to be ready for college. Um, and for the TBL season, we actually had two teams. We had our TBL um, pro team and we had our development team. And what we did is we took our academy and turned that into the development team. So they played against semi-pro teams um, prior to uh, the TBL games. And then the TBL team played. Um, but after the first weekend, we had mostly older guys and they didn't listen. Um, they wanted to do their own thing. Um, we, we cut a bunch of them after the first weekend and we moved some of the other guys down to the development team and moved almost all of the younger academy guys up to the TBL team. Um, and we had that system going the whole season so people could go back and forth. And it wasn't, we explained, this is not a punishment. This is a developmental system. If you need more development and you're not ready right now, this is the TBL. I mean, you, you have to be ready. You're going to be exposed. If you're not, we're trying to get you a bigger job. Then you need some more work. We'll put you down on this team and then you can go back and forth. Um, and the younger guys were so much more successful um, in the TBL because they listened and they played hard and they took advantage of the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, after the season was, was cut short because of the virus, we put together some videos of all the, the NBA guys and G League guys and um, overseas guys that played in the TBL just this past season alone. And we asked our guys after, we said, did you know you played against them, that that's who they were? And they were so surprised because they were so successful against them, but they were just playing basketball. They had no idea who was on the other side of the court. Hmm. Well, I guess I'll I'll take oh, it from you. How has COVID affected uh, <laughs> your, your season and um, everything everything you're doing? You just mentioned, um, you know, you played up till that point, as did a lot of leagues. What what's the outlook moving forward? Just uh, that situation in general. Um, well, other than you know the the lockdown that kind of happened all over the country. Um, it hasn't really affected us too much. Um, once things were back open in Texas, as far as the gyms were back open and, and um, you were allowed to have professional sporting events with fans um, and you know precautions and everything was put in place, we were able to start our summer league in July. And so we did that because everything had started to open up in the sports arena here in Texas. Um, and you know, we were very successful, you know, um, we followed all the precautions, everyone, you know, did fine. Um, and then we just did the fall preview league for two weekends in September. And we're about to start our fall winter league, um, October 24th and 5th, and then going all the way through um, till the end of January to get ready for training camp in February. And the TBL season is slated to start at the beginning of March. Well, well one thing about COVID, COVID only hit us financially. Yes. That's the only that's the only way it hit us because right when COVID started, um, we didn't stop. We kept going and going and going. Uh, that's one thing about us. We have a relentless mindset. So COVID didn't bother it, it bothered us more financially. We was more worried financially. But with anything else, to be honest with you, COVID helped us. 
if you to be honest with you. Because it gave us more time. We, we didn't have games, we didn't have practices. Instead, and in fact, we got less sleep. I'm not quite sure how that happened, but um, we were doing so much more to grow our social media presence and put out more content about our guys and about the program and the TBL than, and everyone can, how do you keep having all this content? So we have a lot of content. We just didn't have a lot of time to put it out during the season. So, mm -hmm. and we still have so much content that's not even brand new because we just have so much stuff on our guys and we took the opportunity to help get more attention for the league because, you know, the league is growing. Um, and we want everyone to know this is, this is a league about getting opportunities and there's not many opportunities to play professional basketball um, in the United States. And it is, it's a showcase exposure league. That's all it is. The idea is to get guys um, seen and opportunities to play in higher leagues all around the world. But for our purposes right here in the United States, you know, we want our guys to, to move up to the G league and to the NBA um, because that's, that's the goal. We're putting them on that platform and, you know, during, you know, during the, the virus shutdown, that's when, you know, Zach mentioned Marcus Brooks, that's when he got the LLC for his, his business. You know, it gave him the time to continue working on the things we had helped him with during the season. And there just wasn't enough time to get everything done. So slowing it down a little bit actually helped us help them build their own businesses. And we've got new guys that by the time the TBL season starts, we'll probably have three or four more guys that have their LLCs and their businesses set up as well. Uh, so you guys had mentioned some players with you who have G League and pro potential. Could you just speak a little bit more on who they are and what they're about? Uh, one of the players have opportunity is uh, Mike Lanier. Um, good young man, um, know who he is. Um, he he focuses his game. He watches Chris Paul. He's a pure point guard. He's a, I mean, he just, he just knows the game. He's faster than lightning. Um, he's, he's a learner. Um, Zach came down uh, the first time and watched Mike. And he just watched him. He didn't say nothing to him. Didn't really talk to him. Spoke with him. Just spoke to him. The second time, uh, Zach kind of coached him in one of the quarters and he listened. Like Zach said, do this. Okay do this, like his, his listening skills and his learning skills are, I mean, are superb. Um, he's, he's open-minded. He doesn't think he know everything where sometimes this young generation playing sports, they think they know more. Um, but he's one of the prospects. And then we have another prospect, Biggie, seven foot, seven, eight wingspan. When he first came to me, he was 315 pounds. He had a stomach. He was out of shape. He run up and down the court three times. He done. I had nothing left. He couldn't catch a ball. He couldn't. He could dunk, but it was like a because he was tall. Um, his English. He had no English. Um, and me and Cheryl looked at each other and we was like, "Oh, what are we gonna do?" He doesn't understand. Um, I say, "Go left." And he go, "What?" I say, "Go left. Go right." It, it was. It was just tough. But now, his his his. His IQ is getting better. He's, his English is getting better. And it's like when Zach first came, he saw him in the summer. And then two months later, he saw, Zach saw, he understood where to be. 
But in tough time, what people don't understand is being in the gym with him and spending hours and hours and hours teaching him, um, taking them him, uh, taking them back to the house and teaching them, having them to study this, having them to read this, having them to watch bigs. It's really hard when you have an English barrier, when your English is terrible. But his potential is through the roof. I mean, his potential. And now I'm working with him how to shoot a three. Now, I know that's going to be difficult, but he got a nice touch. Like Zach said, he has a nice touch. And uh, I'm working with him on getting his shot right. Um, I'm just... I'm just like Zach told me the, the first time. Do not let him dribble. <laughs> he, he, he set a screen slip or he pop or do something, but do not let him dribble. Uh, and so Zach came um, uh, for the fall league and he didn't dribble. He did everything he was supposed to do: slip hard, rebound, hustle. Uh, right now, I'm just working with his help side, and I think that he can play in the G League. I really do. You know, I didn't. I didn't saw a lot of bigs. They played in the G League, and I played against a lot of bigs that played in the G League. Um, he can play in the G League. So, and and that's, that's how I look at it. So those two prospects are, are really good. And then we have two other prospects. Um, they just got to get the mentality. Uh, we have another young man from Serbia, uh, Boza Bosevic. Um, we're just trying to work with his mentality on the other end of the floor. Um, defense, oh, I mean, Zach even said, like, if he can play some defense. <laughs> um, uh, and then there's another young man um, uh, named Jared, about six, seven, super athletic. You know, now he's getting, he's starting to get super athletic. He's starting to get more aggressive. But his consistency, that's one thing that uh, Zach was talking about. He's not consistent. He, he, he looks great for a moment I have, and then he can fall asleep in one second, but his his potential is so high. I mean, he's long, he has a 6'9", six, 6'10", six, wingspan, he's on 6'7". Um, I mean, he can be special. So it's those things, like, when, when Zach come back, you know, we want all these guys to be better. Everything that Zach told us they need to work on, we're working on with them. And so it's those things, and, and um, Dr. Ackerman is really helping us, and we're working together to change their behaviors and change their habits. So the potential is there with those four guys. And then another person, last person, is Marcus Brooks. He's he's one of the older ones. He's like 25, 26. Um, he has that dog in him, um, and we just have to calm him down. You know, that's one thing about I love about Marcus is he already have that competitive nature in him. And so now we got to work on his shot, um, work on his three-point shot. His shot sometimes is a bullet. Um, and so me and Zach talked about it. He got to get arc on his shot. He got to get a little bit better flow. Um, but he's a 3D player. I mean, he can, he can defend. He can score the ball. It's small things that, like Zach said, we have to fix that since Zach left, that same day Zach left, I was talking to all of them saying, this is what we're going to fix. So you mentioned G League a few times um, and how some of them are G League caliber players and they can play in the G League. How, and also, uh, Shira, you mentioned that, you know, the goal for a lot of these players is to get to the G League and hopefully, you know, the NBA and, and, and all that. How... Is that process? Is there a process? Do G League uh, scouts and coaches 
uh, come and, and and scout your games? It ha has that transition happened? I just want to uh, I just want to understand that that process. Um, before uh, before everything kind of shut down um, and uh, most of the um, coaches and, and teams weren't allowed to go anywhere. Um, we did. We prior to even yeah prior to even starting in the TBL, we had um, we put together a combine for our guys and other guys um, to to play in front of scouts um, so that they could get opportunities to go somewhere. And we did. We had uh, G League um, teams there. We had you know NBA scouts there, and and it was it was very successful and. Um, and it led us to to more and more contacts, to to learning more about how the process works, um, and then that led us to to find the basketball league. And and before we got the bas, before we uh, basically bought the ba basketball team, the professional team in the TBL, our first combine we had um, uh, Bob Hill. Um, he spent over 20, 30 years in the league coaching. San Antonio Spurs, the Sonics, the Indiana Pacers. Uh, he worked closely with us, uh, working with a lot of the young men. Um, so when we had our first combine, you know, we had Bob Hill, we had Dale Harris, if you know Dale Harris. Um, we had um, one of the G League, uh, Dale Harris' nephew. Um, he. The Wizards. He was the with the Wizards. Wizards G League team. He was with the Wizards. He was the manager, general manager. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, and we had the Wizards, and, and it was a good first combine. And having those guys there, it, it was great. Um, so our biggest thing is COVID helped us, but at the same time, you know, like I talk to Zach all the time, you know, they got rules that people can't come out, you know, can't come out and watch. You got to be virtual. So that hurt, that, that hurt, that part hurt us a little bit. But what, we what do you guys think? I'm going. Well, what do you guys think of the next steps for helping the guys get to professional contracts outside the TBL uh, in the COVID environment? Well, what we've been doing um, to try and, and start that process is we live stream all of our all of our uh, games in our leagues. So the summer league was all live streamed because we knew people couldn't come out. Um, and the fall preview league was live streamed. And what we started doing last week is on excuse me on Thursdays is we're live streaming practice, so that um, you can you, people can tune in and they can see what our guys are doing, what they're working on, what what um, everything looks like for them, and everything stays on the live streaming for our uScreen channel, so that people can go back and watch. Um, and it's the way we did it was much like um, the live streaming, you know, like what what the NBA normally does with the summer league, right? So the live streaming goes from the start of the event all the way to the end. So it's not just you're watching a game, you're watching the entire thing. And what we had was uh, Marcus Brooks and, and Mike Lenore uh, were our commentators for the game. So um, you're watching the game, but you're hearing what's going on. So it's almost like you're watching television um, so that we can – and we had a lot of fans do that, um, but the objective is to make it accessible for um, the the general managers and the the owners and the presidents of teams in leagues all over the world, and especially here, to have access to our guys because we're doing what most people aren't doing: we're playing, right? We have referees, we have actual games. Um, it's not pickup. It's not. Um, 
you know, someone running around in a, in a rec center and, and you're watching them play and that's their film. Um, but what we're about to do, um, I believe on, on Tuesday, mm -hmm. is um, we're going to set up a, a pre-draft workout for Mike Lenore because he's in the, the NBA draft and we're going to, we're going to film it. Um, we're going to do, you know, what some of the other prospects are doing so that we can put out um, what he's doing, what he looks like, and how he measures up to all of those same tests um, and drills so that everyone can see it and it can be sent out. Um, because that, you know, we, we're trying to figure out the best way to get the attention. All we really need is one person to give him an opportunity and they'll figure out that it's worth giving him that opportunity. You know, he, he, he made a name for himself in the TBL at age 18. Um, he's got the stats, you know, he, he's got all the, the, the analytics, he's got everything that you need. He's just not on that platform because he, you know, he didn't he go to, stars he doesn't school. have stars at high school. He didn't go to one of the blue blood colleges. He went to prep school and then played pro. There's nobody else that did what he did. And we're just trying to get somebody to see and give him that, that door so that he can prove himself. That's all we, you know, cause we can't do it for him. We tell him all the time, you know, we just want to get you that opportunity so that someone will give you that chance and see that you really can play on their team at that level. It's interesting. You mentioned that because I think like, you know, we even see like, I don't know if you remember Darius Baisley, but like mm -hmm. he did a yeah. path to the NBA where he did the internship at New Balance. Like that's really interesting. Um, I know we talked a little bit earlier about like analytics um, and how that's sort of like, you know, it might be 10% of the equation. It might be 20, like, but it's, you know, it's a part of it, but like, where do you see the future of that working into your organization, you know, as things start to grow and pick back up? Well, one of the ways that we're using it um, after having Zach come out <clears throat> um, two times is we're using it to help the guys understand what the teams are looking for and that these are the things you need to work on because your data has to change and we can help you with all these things but if the numbers still don't change then you're not you're not listening you're not understanding you're not trying to grow so this is what the teams are looking for we need to help you realize why that's important and that you need to pay attention to it you know we'll we'll teach you we'll develop you we'll do all those other things and when you're ready for that part to be important because when they first start with us, that that's not going to be beneficial to anybody because their 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 mind isn't in that place. You know, they're they're not ready skill wise to even listen and understand how to change things in that direction. Um, but to use it when the guys are ready, absolutely. And those that you know embrace it, like um, you know Marcus and and Mike and and Balsa and Jared, you know, and, and Biggie, you know, we explain things to him. Um, they're going to show that much more improvement when Zach comes back to see them again than what they what they were doing and even you know the the um, information that Zach had written up after the first day he had watched them play in September and I, I joked with him when we were at the table for the the second the second day you know the boys they did they read what you wrote. And as you can see, some of them are making the adjustments right now to show you 
that they understand and they're gonna try and fix those things right now. And, and another thing too, um, analytics, um, it starts with behavior. If you look at, if you really look at analytics, it starts with behavior. And so it's like prime example, I told Jared, I said, J uh, he's our six, seven kid um, that Zach likes. I told him, I said, it starts with you want to make a decision to rotate over to play help side defense or want to play defense, want to sit down, want to sit down on somebody, use your limb. So I look at analytics as behavior. Behavior is a big part of analytics. That's how I look at it. That's how I look at it. Like, do you want to take the three-pointer or are you going to pass it off, you know, or are you going to put in the work to increase your three-point percentage and actually do it in the game and step up in the moment? I, I, I feel you there a lot. <laughs> well, and one thing, you know, it, um, when my background is in uh, applied behavior analysis, so that's my PhD. So I, I'm all data, right, and, um, and numbers and um, behavior, and that's, that's what's, what has driven me and has for a long time. So I remember when everyone started talking about analytics, him and I talked and I said, wow, they're finally going to get it. They're finally going to figure out how to use data with sports. This is going to be great. And then, of course, everyone got upset about it and, and mixed feelings. The old, and, the old heads did. Yeah, and, and it took some time. And now we're seeing that, you know, people see the value of it. Like, um, like prime example, the analytics guy wanted Zoot in the Clippers in the Denver um, um, series. Um, the analytics guy kept on kept telling um, the coaches and everybody, please play Zubak against Jokic. But they kept on playing 6-7 Montrez Harrell. And what happened? <laughs> one thing I noticed actually with Zubac was like he was in the playoffs he was in the 100th percentile for guarding post-ups <laughs> and they had to also I mean Zubac had like never played 30 minutes before like that's like he was like a, he's like a 17 minute a game guy like so well, he still should have played him no he should have you're right I mean but it's uh it's you know it's interesting to see that <laughs> it is what it is I guess um well, we are kind of coming towards uh, the end of our call. I did want to take a little bit of a non sequitur a bit. You did mention uh, you have a lot of content and stuff, and that's something that I'm very interested in. You also mentioned about how uh, you guys are growing these uh, players off the court as well and helping them in entrepreneurship ventures and stuff. And anything entrepreneurship-based at this point in the world and how things are growing and businesses are forming is also all content. Uh, so I just want to get your, you, you said you live stream all the practice, or not all the practices, but some practices and all the games, and you have a bunch of content in the background. Like, what is your thoughts on using content? How, how do you use it? Because you are also trying to grow your own business as well as grow the businesses of the people, of the kids uh, you're working with. So that, that's something that's fascinating to me and it's kind of how I make my living too. So I just want to um, ask you uh, your, your content strategy, what you think about that. Well, our, um, our focus with our content and it, it's, it's kind of always been that way. Mm -hmm. It's, it's about the guys, you know, it's about, it's about our boys and, and what they're doing and to put them out there. Um, and we're doing a lot more in the community in Louisville. Um, and now we're starting to film some of that, right? Or Marcus is, is using, um, you know, the production company to film what we're doing. And so we're putting that content out to show the community to help build you know, sponsorship opportunities for the program and to build opportunities for the guys so the community can see them as valuable members, not just athletes. Mm -hmm. um, and 
we have lots of content on the TBL and the league itself. And we put that out to help get build awareness for the league. Um, and our focus with our content um, is, is, a, is a global approach, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not all that concerned about, you know, how many um, followers and fans and, 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 and likes and all of that we get locally. Um, we're more concerned with growing our, our fan base around the world because that's going to help build our brand and the boys, um, because that's where you're going to have a much larger impact. You know, in the United States, especially, I mean, we'll speak for the DFW, but um, everything is, you know, it, it's based around clicks, right? So if, if you're in this click, then, then we're going to support you. But if you do something and now you go into this click and now you're going to be more successful than us, well, now we're not going to support you. Um, and, you know, we're going to try and, we're going to try and tear you down and, and, and I'm not saying it's unique to the DFW, I'm only gonna speak for us, but um, so we try and teach our guys, it's not about this area, it's about getting people to know who you are and what you're doing all around the world. You know, um, athletes, you know, get far more attention around the world than they do here in the United States from fans you know, and that's to help them build their brand. And what better platform could you have than being a professional athlete? Businesses have to find an audience to build their brand. Professional athletes, you have an audience. People are already going to pay attention to you. So we have them looking at how you use social media to build your brand. It's not, you know, social media is not about, you know, talking about the latest thing that happened, it's, it's not pick up the phone and call somebody. That's how you do that. Social media should be used to build your brand and your business because that's what everyone's looking at. And then I'll say this, you, you have, I, tell, I tell the young boys all the time, there's 8 billion people in the world. There's 8 billion. There's 330 million people in the United States. All you need is 50 to 100,000 people that, that like you and then they can buy your product. And then I always give them numbers and they look at me crazy. I said, I said, say you selling a shirt for $30 and think about it. You sell a hundred thousand shirts. How much money are you making? And then they just look at me. They just give me a look. They don't know how to, they don't know how to approach it. Cause they look at me strange and like, Oh man, I'm making that much money. All you need, if you just get a hundred thousand people when there's 8 billion people in the world, if you get 100,000 people following you and supporting your business, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to be fine and successful. That's $3 million. And so they get it. It, it, it registers in. So you got to think global. You got to stop thinking small-minded and on your little circle. So how we think, prime example, we're connected with, I can go and tell you, uh, we talk to people from Japan. <laughs> we talk to people from Europe. We talk to people from Australia. New Zealand, um, we, we, we talk to people all around the world, Brazil, um, uh, Africa, parts of Africa, uh, a lot of players from all around the world want to come here. Uh, but we started that about getting players from all around the world uh, about nine years ago. But now with social media, over the past year with the pandemic, we're talking to so many people from all around the world. And I mean, the internet has kind of 
put pushed aside what local actually means at this point, especially with COVID. Now everyone's inside, so it actually is no more local. You can't even go out local. So the positives of personal face-to-face interactions are no longer there. So global is the new local uh, with right now. Like we're all in different parts of the country um, and, and we're doing a show. Uh, but with that, with the content talk at the end, where can people find your content and, and what you guys are up to um, and your social channels? Well, we're on um, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, um, all different names. But if you look for Creating Young Minds or Louisville Leopards, everything comes up. Um, and our Uscreen channel uh, for Creating Young Minds has all of our content. Um, we also have a YouTube channel, um, CYMTV. Um, so we're we're all over the place and. You know, you, um, our website also, you just type in Creating Young Minds and, and they'll find lots of information. For sure. And I'll make sure to link that in the, in the description uh, below so, so everyone listening uh, can find that. Um, that's, I think I'm going to end it, Zach. Uh, Ian, any, any last words or things to say before, before we hop out? I'm going to I'm going to hop into the live stream practices. I want to say that's more interesting than the games, honestly. Like, like you sometimes. So I'm looking forward to it. That'd be great. Uh, We'd love to have you watch. I just want to say thank you guys for coming on. I uh, really appreciate everything you guys are doing right here. Uh, just adding to what American basketball can be, just changing it up, changing the process. Thank you. Well, thank Dr. You. Shira Ackerman, Coach Mathis Crowder, uh, appreciate you all time. Um, and thank you for, you know, enlightening us with everything you guys are doing and, and doing amazing stuff uh, in the basketball community. It's clear um, from this conversation. So we'll talk to you all soon, hopefully. Uh, and thank you, everyone on the other side of the mic uh, for listening. Peace. <laughs> thank you, guys. See you, Zach. <laughs>